This is Cher, and I'm here with Jason and Rob. Guys, if you had to describe this podcast in five words or less, what would you say? I'm going to go with Wild E. Coyote guzzling gasoline. I'm thinking climate change diarrhea hurricane. (laughs) Are you serious? Maybe I should do this thing on my own. Fine. It's a show about how to stay sane in a world where there's too many people consuming too much stuff and the planet can't take it anymore. You had me at diarrhea. Caution, if you're allergic to four-letter words, you might want to try a different podcast. Hey, Jason Asher, can you guys imagine putting on a Santa Claus suit and going out to a gas station to do a protest on uh, Christmas Eve? Uh, no. And no, and what would I be protesting you, other than Christmas? Of course, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You probably should, but of course you're protesting climate change. All right. Okay, in the Santa suit? Well, it's it's Christmas. Right, Come on. Okay. <laughs> so you're like being half festive and half like shut this this thing down? Yeah, and the whole idea is, you know, as somebody drives up to fill their tank on They're just Christmas trying to go Eve, see their family that lives 500 miles right, away. Yeah, well, but, yeah. but you're giving on them a Christmas pamphlet, yeah. you know, and, yeah. te- and you're talking to them saying, you know, how evil this Exxon station is. Right. Oh, that's a conundrum. No, I can't really imagine doing that, to be honest. Yeah, well, th- this uh, this actually happened, and the protester, he, he was just so upset by climate change that you know this he's, he's kind of grasping at straws. This is this is what it's come down to. I'm going to spend my Christmas Eve this way, and you know, climate change is uh, obviously there's some reasons to protest, but there's all these other things that he could be doing. That's just a lead in to maybe. I don't know, 20 other things <laughs> that are all related. Things like, like what? Oh, population, biodiversity loss, ocean, ocean acidification, um, persistent organic pollutants. Uh, uh, did I say popul- overpopulation? Did yeah, I say- you, you, uh, you're like a, a veritable list guy here. You can just keep rolling these things off. I don't want to bore people, though, well, because they, they don't want to talk about this. I mean— People protest economic stuff all the time. That's probably the thing you see more. Econo- often. Injustice, yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, protests, other protests of Bank of America, protests of, you know, remember Occupy Wall Street? I mean, yeah. there's there's all that stuff too, which actually hasn't gotten any better. Well, and uh, don't, don't even get started on politics these days. Right. I mean, how many marches, you know, yeah. I feel like we're, we're heading back toward the 60s or something. Well, Not- if, you're, if you're pamphleteering in a Santa Claus suit on Christmas Eve, obviously. You've probably reached some bottom, right? You've tried other things, I imagine, and and it doesn't seem to be working, right? So you're, you know, you're you're you're, you're hail marrying here. Tried other things like like what, like uh, mushrooms or something? <laughs> uh, yeah, come up with some new ideas. Uh, yeah, maybe approach. maybe write your congressperson. Right? Oh, right. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Lobby. Or, or, or do the dumbest thing of all, work for a nonprofit that's trying to uh, combat these problems. I don't know. Whoever does that, there's Idiots. something wrong with them. Idiots. Yeah. 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 Sorry, uh, that's us. Uh, you should know that a share runs a, a nonprofit where I work, and Jason's on the board of it. So it's uh, that's a post-carbon institute. So we're, we're all about these issues with energy and environment and biodiversity and politics and economics. I, I mean, this guy, this guy obviously is committed, he's caring, and, and something set him over the, over the edge maybe a little bit. But, <laughs> but what do you do in this? I mean, I, we probably all had moments in our lives where we're just like, totally. oh, my God. Yeah. I feel like uh, you can look back on your life and find those moments where you're just going, 
what the hell happened? Why yeah. are why are these people acting this way? And uh, or I why can't, are things so wrong? Yeah, why yeah. are things? I mean, I, I I got an example. Okay, um, nineteen ninety six. I I'm in I'm in Borneo, uh, a big island in the Indonesian archipelago in Southeast Asia. Um, I mean, just just one of the most amazing places on the planet. What the hell are you doing in Borneo? Uh, I used to be a biologist that would go around the world collecting plants and studying biodiversity. And um, yeah, I'm, let me let me just interrupt you and, and let our listeners know that Jason is a he's a brilliant dude. He's a he's a PhD conservation biologist, but. Uh, but you know, well, you. I, I don't. I don't want to pump you, you up too much. Oh. I'll let, let you finish your story. Oh, well, you could pump him up, and I'll, and I'll knock you him down. knock him back. Right, down. Right. Yeah, yeah. it'll all even out in the end. Yeah. Uh, oh. What I should I, I didn't say that he's also an idiot. You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. I mean, well, I kind of felt like, I, am I doing any good? Right. I, I'm. I'm a conservation biologist. Like you're saying I'm studying biodiversity, and at some point you go like. Oh, can I make any difference, right? This is probably what this guy was doing in front of the Exxon station. <laughs> and so, you know, there are moments where it hits you. And, and so I was on Borneo, and Borneo has this big mountain called Mount Kinabalu, and it stands out relative to all the other, you know, part of the landscape. It's this isolated massif of granite. And along its slopes, because um, it goes at high elevation, there's all these endemic plants, so they are in other, and animals, things that live nowhere else in the world. And so... Um, I was hiking up that mountain and, and staying there for like a week and a half and collecting plants. And, um, and, and the forests there are just gorgeous. And it's full of like rhododendron diversity is huge and these pitcher plants. And the lowlands have these diptercarp trees, which are the tallest trees in the tropics. Oh, when did you say that name again? Diptercarp. Oh, I think that's a fish, dude. Oh, God, probably. <laughs> but, uh, but then, you know, I had to go, I actually, I got kind of like a sinus infection up there and it was all humid and cold and I had to get out um, and recover. And I decided that we, uh, I was with another biologist at the time and we decided we would get out. We both had this infection in our heads and we couldn't, couldn't breathe very And it's well. never left. You still have an infected head. <laughs> so we so like, you went to Vegas. Well, right? we, we, took, we got a bus. We said, let's go to the warm coast, uh, Sandy Con, which is sort of like uh, uh, north northeast on the coast and let's just let's just like rest and figure out how to clear out here but we get on this bus at the kind of on the slopes of mount kinabalu um which is a park and and you know tourists there and we, t- we get the bus to sandikan and as we drive off the slopes where i'm in this been this national park you realize that everywhere else you know where, where we are on this on this highway at least as far as i can see is just devastated right I mean, I've been walking through some of the most rich, beautiful forests and landscapes of tree, above tree line and getting these vistas in the world. And, and then it's just, uh, you know, deforestation and palm plantations. Oh, so like, you mean for like making palm oil? Palm oil, right. Which is, you know, going into cookies and <laughs> crackers and shit. And Pretty much everything that a, an American diet consists yeah, of. Yeah. And, and then, you know, they blow it up for like biodiesel and... And so it's just taking over, and it's just this monocrop where I was in this paradise. And then we get to Sandakan, and 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 there's a there's an orangutan reserve. Okay, so I recover a little bit, and I can walk and and, and breathe. 
And we go you, to the, you know you infected at least half a dozen orangutans. <laughs> You're probably responsible for wiping them out. Not not it's even only because he was kissing them. <laughs> right. Well, like you know, I was so close. I probably could have. So you're walking through this re- little orangutan reserve, and you realize that these orangutans had had been sort of rescued because their forest is being destroyed, and they end up like on the edge of villages. And then they, you know, they get called up and some orangutan reserve people show up and they capture and they bring them to this reserve. Then they got to feed them like they're in a zoo, but they're in a forest. It's freaking bizarre. And there's like little orangutan babies all playing and stuff. And I'm going. Were they wearing those cute diapers that you see? (laughs) No, they they could poop in nature at least. Was Clint Eastwood there? Remember those Clint Eastwood <laughs> yeah. orangutan movies from way back? Shut right, up. This, right turn this Clyde. Me. This affected me. <laughs> Rob likes to go back to movie references any I'm, chance he I'm gets. I'm sorry. It's a disease. Any I which can... way but loose. Yeah. No, it, right it, it, it was Any Which Way You Can was the sequel. Every Which Way But oh, Loose was the me. original. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. And this Sorry. is what I have to deal with. You have to deal with a culture that just like has got this all your junk in the head. And the important thing. Yeah, you hear orangutan and right. you think Clint yeah, you think, yeah. Right, right. Clyde. It, it, yeah. Was, it was great. He was wearing a diaper and a wristwatch, like all like all orangutan should. Is that what you saw when you were there? They were cute. and they Were, were they know, wearing watches? No. no. Gosh darn it. But I felt bad because... Obviously, you know, I'm, you know, there's this weird thing. You're fascinated. Like, there's this amazing creature. This is a brilliant, they're really smart and they have this amazing lifestyle uh, living in the trees and these diptercarp forests. And say that again diptercarp. <laughs> and they build these nests in, in the trees, like these nest dwelling giant apes. And, um, they, they, they move around, they eat leaves and, and they have these adorable babies that can like swing from tree to tree. Uh, but, um, but you realize what it was that we were we were the other great ape you know that was that was just destroying their their lively their their homes and for our our stupid palm oil and and um and right now like as of as 2018 there are about 500,000 great apes left in the world now it's not just orangutans but that's orangutans and and chimpanzees and gorillas combined, there's only like half a million, and so you, you, the world humans like the the, the other great ape. Um, can can we be nest dwelling tree bound <laughs> great apes? That would be a lot of fun. We, we might we might get there at some. point. We lost yeah. our yeah. We lost that five hundred thousand. That's yeah, that's less than that's less than the city of San Francisco. Exactly, and so but human population grows by about that much every two days. Like we're adding to the planet uh, every two days. Every five hundred thousand, about five hundred thousand new monkeys, new apes, new whatever. Just know. a so, bipedal. So type, let's yeah. say it's Friday because that's a that's a great day. Yeah, and you're saying by Sunday. Yeah, we, there's another half a million of us, which of is us equivalent. miserable palm oil swilling. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so none of this stuff, none of this nature stuff, has a chance. It doesn't matter how much I study it, or you know, if you see the connections, like how am I gonna fight the the economy and well, the, the, you, the consumer demand and and all that stuff can you, know? you can you write a scientific paper about it wouldn't that yeah, do it that's or the kind of dress stuff up in i was a santa thinking. suit out there you might have sweated a lot in Borneo. well i almost feel suit. like the santa <laughs> suit this is the thing it's just like it's how insane it all is the santa suit may be just as useful as writing a freaking scientific paper that i yeah. spend six months doing no, and get peer-reviewed and and publish and have like eight people read it right right <laughs> Well, you 
talk about uh, that population addition. Yeah. And to me, that brings up an experience that I had when, when I was a kid. I had this uh, this best friend. You know, you never have a best friend like you had in second grade. That's I mean, awesome. you do the best stuff. Like yeah. we used to hang out in Legos. his. We no, we hung out in his in his doghouse. Like he had this dog <laughs> named Viking. Yeah, we would you get in the there. Dog out. Yeah, we would get in there and read books and stuff. Oh, you know, cool. we would read books about climate change. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure you did. Did yeah, you read the Lorax? Yeah. I mean, that you know. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. 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 They're waiting for the thing. film Everyone to come needs. out. <laughs> they they didn't read it. They're waiting for the film. Right. Um, yeah, if the Lorax had been an eighties movie, it would have been all over it. Um, but anyway, uh, this friend of mine, he, he was a Chinese American. His mom had immigrated from China. And when you went over to his house, it was cool. They had like these vases and scrolls and sculptures and stuff. I'm from a suburb of Atlanta. It's kind of a hillbilly zone. (laughs) And, you know, like to see these things, I was like, oh, that's odd. Right. But the weirdest decoration in their house was in the study. They had this room. It was it was awesome room. It had like a cowhide and a TV, and we used to hang out in there a lot. But they had this uh, up on the wall were photos of presidents. Okay, from it was Lyndon Johnson and Richard Nixon and uh, Gerald Ford and Jimmy Carter. Like, yeah, that's that's kind of weird because yeah. you, you'd think you'd see that in your elementary school or something. But yeah, at the post office. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like having, uh, uh, I digress, but when I worked for the federal government, uh, George Bush and Dick Cheney greeted me every day on the way in. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the Dick Cheney smile, like, eh, welcome to work, you jackass. Talk about driving you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, so anyway, and the weird thing about these photos is they're all signed too with, with a little message. Wow. Big oh. donors to both parties? Wait, What's going on? They yeah. actually got, they got signatures from these presidents? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was like, Happy they birthday. get a signature from Richard Nixon. Yeah, happy birthday, Richard Nixon. I'm not a crook, by the way. <laughs> uh, so I, you know, you got like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Well, it turns out my friend's older brother, this guy named Bobby Wu. Who? Bobby Wu. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice, nice poetic rhyme. Yeah, he, uh, he was the 200 millionth American. Uh-huh. So, Bobby was. Yeah. So there was okay. apparently this little uh, furor. Uh, Fure? Fure? Or? How do you say that word? I yeah, don't just don't say fure. Okay, so there was there was a, a lot of energy around the idea of who's the 200 millionth baby going to be. So Life magazine was was watching this. Yeah, they had a count going. So a baby's born, like, well, that's 199 we, million. We didn't do this with 300, right? A little bit. A little okay. bit. But yeah. so... The, the 200 millionth was Bobby. And so life came and <laughs> snapped his photo and there was this, you know, full page spread on him. And, was he cute? Was he adorable? Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, it's a baby. Not yeah. as good as the orangutans. But, <laughs> no, no. But, uh, you know, okay, so 200 million, that's a big number, yeah. right? It's, it's kind of hard to conceptualize. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you just mentioned a share of the 300 millionth. Well, uh, so Bobby was born in 1967. The 300 millionth American came along on October 17th, 2006. So it took less than 40 years to add 100 million people to the to the good old U.S. of A. So that's like adding 10 more states the the size of Georgia, where we were. Yeah. Or like adding about 180 cities the size of Atlanta Jeez. in under 40 years. 180 Atlanta cities. Atlanta's not a little place. No, no, no Atlanta's no. not. Yeah, and did they all get really lousy baseball teams and 
Oh, don't even don't start talking about the Braves. I love right? the Braves back then. <laughs> Dale Murphy, right? Yeah. That's true. The eighties, they were America's team. Phil Necro was incredible. This <laughs> yeah. old guy, the knuckleballer. Yeah, man, he can probably still throw that. Oh. So worldwide, it's even nuttier. Yeah. So at the time that Bobby was born, we had three and a half billion, which that's an inconceivable, inconceivably large number. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But now we've got seven and a half billion. We more than doubled that. Right. Uh, it. By, by comparison, U.S. is doing great. Yeah, yeah. Well, and of course, here's the weird thing is we're all about economic growth, growing the economy. Yeah. And half of that equation means growing population. So right. if we have a goal of continuously growing the economy, then we've got to keep adding people. And everyone should know that Rob literally wrote a book about this called Enough is Enough. Uh, available at all fine bookstores. Uh, yeah, you can find it anywhere, but yeah, uh, good, you know, good. or in a trash heap somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> in a burn pile. Right? Yeah, it makes great kindling. I mean, yeah. you know, you want to wait for the apocalypse. You can have plenty of these books to just yeah, light them up. You know? A page a day, I say. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's that's going to be a kind of a light fire. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get it started. It's just, yeah. like, it's just okay. kindling. Yeah. Kindling. Yeah. Well, there's not going to be any trees. At least. Maybe maybe <laughs> we maybe we can set on some orang- We can set some orangutans on fire. Yeah. This is the first burnable. There won't be orangutans. Right. By that point, no. sorry. Uh, only diapers. We can set the diapers <laughs> exactly. on fire. Plenty of diapers. Everyone well, we this. can set the palm oil plantations on yeah, fire. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, so yeah, it just it blows me away the exponential growth that that we're seeing in the economy, uh, both in in the, the numbers of people and in the consumption. That's probably the part that you know. It's kind of hard to blame people for having sex and having babies, but geez, the amount of crap that we consume, right. the amount of palm oil that goes down our, our into our guts. Yeah, and you know, all this comes back to energy. I yeah. mean, you're, you're talking about the, the growth in, in human population. Well, energy, per capita energy consumption since 1850 has grown 814%. That's per capita, yeah. right? So eightfold increase and how much energy we consume in that time. Per capita, but then multiply by, by the people. So, right. so great-great-grandpappy, he like lit a match a day, and now you're like running a nuclear fusion power yeah, plant it's, or it's something. it's not <laughs> quite that extreme, but I mean, and that's just the per capita. So you, right. you, you, you total it together, and you realize like we're consuming way more energy, you know? And, um, you know, for me, like that is actually something that drives me crazy all the time. It actually has you know, sort of woken me up even in the course of this work. I, I started doing climate change work after doing other kinds of, uh, you know, social cause nonprofit work. And because I was really, really worried about climate change. And it took me really understanding energy, I think, to really get the crux of the problem that we're dealing with. Like climate change is a symptom, yeah. you know, of kind of the energy paradigm that we're in. So is yeah. human population. It's right. a symptom. The fact that these orangutans are are losing the fact that we can grow these palm oil plantations. Right. The, you know, the, the people in Borneo are not growing these palm, palm oil, you know, planting these plantations just for their own consumption. No. They're doing it for a world market. It's all right? export, yeah. Yeah, and that and that market's made possible by the fact that we've got all this relatively abundant cheap energy, you know. Yeah, I mean they're running chainsaws, they're running bulldozers, they're putting in roads. I yeah. mean, they're not doing this with pickaxes. Right. <laughs> well, they they are doing it with teams of of forced labor of of orangutans, right? They got like orangutan chain gangs, right? Well, there's definitely we got to put a work, lot right? of exploitation that's happening of people, right? Yeah. yeah. But 
It's all made possible by the fact that we've we've found these abundant sources of magical energy. And and I'll tell you, like even doing this work here at Post Carbon Institute, being exposed to these issues and trying to probe them and think more deeply about these things, it was I don't even remember how many years ago, but uh, I was trying to run the numbers a little bit on on thinking about the value of the energy that that, that we have and. And part of the problem is that we throw out these numbers. People talk about BTUs. They talk about you know kilowatts and kilowatt hours. And well, let's let's be clear. Anything, right? Physicists and and engineers talk that way. Most of us don't know what the hell any exactly. of that is. It doesn't mean anything to to most people at all, right? But when you actually start thinking about how much value there is, it really is magical. You right? got to put it in dollar value because that's all that people. Yeah, put it in mark. dollar value or put it in in human labor value. Okay, so I was trying labor, to crunch sure. crunch these numbers, and 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 I had to talk to like people that were smarter than me and were real experts, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just to confirm that's these numbers, not, right? That's not not hard you to guys. Find. Well, well, it was not us, but, no. uh, but you know, you can again, you can go back to that trash heap and find plenty of people smarter than you. Well, that's true. That is, that is true. I'm sorry. I, Cher is actually my boss, so any chance <laughs> I, I can take to uh, throw a dig in, I got to do that. And the fact that we're recording this disallows me to punch you in the face. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So, like, take a barrel of oil, right? A barrel of oil right now, I think it's selling for you know something like uh, eighty bucks a yeah. barrel of oil. Well, so what? What does that barrel of oil represent? How much energy is in that thing? It's well, it's it's forty. There's forty two gallons of crude oil in a barrel, right? I'm going to go with twelve. That's my answer. Twelve it, what? Twelve. That's just it. <laughs> twelve. 12. That's it. Okay. <laughs> I, I will. Right? Say, I will say forty two. Forty two for for Douglas Adams yeah. fans out there. That's a big number. That's important. That, that's a very important number. Forty two. I, w- I won't digress into it. But so forty two gallons of crude oil. That that you know when they go and refine the stuff, you know they're able to to produce about twenty gallons of gasoline, about eleven gallons of of diesel out of that. Um, which is great, right? So you put 20 gallons of gas in your car and you can drive down the road for, you know, whatever it is, uh, 400 miles maybe if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but if you think about it, that, that 80 bucks that you, you spent to get those 42 gallons of, of crude oil, that when you do the conversion, you look at what the actual energy uh, value of that, that's 5.7 million BTUs, okay? Mm-hmm. BTUs, like we said, doesn't mean anything to anybody, right? But that's sort of the standard number that's used. Um, well, that's that's all that's left of the British Empire, right? right British, British thermal, thermal units. units. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's right. And there's 5.7 million of them. And, um, so 5.7 million BTUs. Uh, if you convert that to thinking about like electricity running running light and stuff in your house, it's seventeen hundred kilowatt hours. Well, think about that. I know that number doesn't mean anything. I'll uh, I'll put it in the context of human labor. Okay, so Jason, you got a garden here, yeah. right, in your backyard. We're at your house right now. Actually, yeah. you got a garden out there. You're you're trying to rip out you know weeds, plant stuff, yeah. harvest whatever. I'm okay? working. Yeah. So if Sweating. you're if you're working hard. Uh, you might be producing about 70 watts. That's you know, about right for me. Yes. Uh, of energy, right? Correct. Correct. Jason's case, I'm thinking 50 watts. No, no, it's yeah. 70. I've, I've done the math. Okay. Yeah. Good. yeah. For you, it's like 20 because you just sit yeah. around, right? Um, I, I can point at stuff. Hey, can you harvest that, please? <laughs> exactly. Feed me. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So over you know over the course of a day, let like let's say you're working for eight hours, you know, sure. over the course of the day. I never do that, sweater, but that's okay. But, Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, let's pretend you're like a real productive you right. know, part of humanity. Okay, okay? all right. Okay. Let's <laughs> pretend. Go yeah. with me here. Yeah, right? yeah. So that that's you're gonna basically be producing six tenths of one kilowatt hour. Remember, I said there were seventeen hundred kilowatt hours right. in a in a barrel of of crude oil, right? So. You're producing in one day six tenths of one kilowatt hour, Ouch. right? Yeah. Working hard for eight hours, okay? Yeah. So if you actually try to take that what you're what you're producing in in the course of a day through your human labor sweating your butt off, and you and you divide that into a barrel of oil, well, that's twenty eight hundred over twenty eight hundred days of your time working eight hours, eight hours a day. Yeah. That that's it would take you twenty eight hundred. That's, that's days. many years. You know, that's eleven years. That's yeah. eleven years. That's a long prison sentence. Yeah, and if you and if you think about it, yeah, well, you take the average salary. You know, let's take a salary forty five thousand dollars a year. Okay. okay? Yeah. So forty five thousand dollars a year, and you're working about two hundred fifty days over the course of a year. You got some vacation breaks on sure. Christmas. You dress up in a Santa, Santa suit yeah. and you go and you protest at the gas station. Whatever right. you're doing on breaks, right? right? I got a lifestyle. So forty, you know, forty five. Thousand dollars. Uh-huh. You take that amount of days, you know, that you're working. That's eleven years of labor over that yeah. time. Okay, that's five hundred thousand dollars of a salary. If you're paying somebody forty five thousand dollars a year, right? That is the energetic value of that barrel of oil. And we just we just paid eight, 80, eighty bucks for it. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. you think about that, and first of all, like that's why I had to double check my math. This gotta be wrong. Does this make any sense? People talk about how rational the market is. No, it right? it's not. It's that's completely not idiotic. rational, right? You it know, should be like, priced so much, but it's just supply and demand, just, and marginal su- marginal demand, marginal supply. So, well, and of course, you left out the problems of actually burning the stuff and what what happens. Like that's not included in the price. Right. No, so, well, right. so yes. Yeah, so let's say you take. You know, people talk about externalities, right? So you say, well. What what about all the costs uh, you know associated with with consuming that resource, and you internalize those costs, right? So you're going to increase that, and, pe- and people talk about different numbers for what you'd have to to include. But even those numbers don't even come close right. to the energetic value of a barrel of crude oil. And what do we do with this stuff? We f- we fart around with it. We get on airplanes to go to Vegas, you know, to like yeah. roll the dice or whatever. We're you ever, doing. You ever water ski? That's pretty fun. Yeah, exactly. I like, I like to just leave a, a leaf blower on nonstop, like twenty four hours around yeah. the clock. Yeah, yeah. The neighbors you might love as well because it. it's so cheap yeah. to do, right? Yeah. Right. No, no. You're it's just and that's exactly right. It's just it's complete madness. And and um, you know what burns a lot of fuel? Uh, airplanes. Well, sure, yeah. Uh huh. I I had a pretty, a pretty scary but illuminating um, journey on an airplane, right? Yeah. Um, okay. I, I I used to fly around quite a bit to go to places like Borneo and uh, Vegas. I, I there there's not huge botanical collections to be had in Vegas <laughs> unless you're in front of like the big hotels or in their courtyard. Palm isn't there Palm's hotel? Doesn't that doesn't that uh, Venetian place like they got canals inside? Oh, yeah. There must I, be uh, like a fort, like a gallery forest they lining have a it. Few I'm sure the biodiversity of Vegas has been enhanced by all the pumping of water right. and all the landscape. The plastic right. diversity in Vegas is incredible. It's incredible, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. But I'm on this- on human beings and in in, <laughs> yeah. in their products. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it, but you know, this is kind of. I'm on this plane, right? And we're 
we're we're reaching cruising altitude, right? And um, I'm 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 on, I got a window seat kind of over the wing. I I love I love window seats. And, um, Except for the damn wing seat. Well, it's, that's not the best. Okay, I agree, but that's what the best I could Beggars do. Can't be I, I do like smelling the fuel because it reminds me of all that stuff that you were talking about. Share. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> so I'm looking out, and you know, it's uh, it's a nice view. I love looking at the Earth from high up and seeing the patterns on the landscape, and kind of nerd out. I can stare at that all day. And you could tell that the Earth is flat, right? I mean, that's <laughs> exactly you know. <laughs> you it's go flat. up there to, to to prove that. To who's yeah. why is there a debate? Um, <laughs> Well, there's a like a little like like engine explosion, and there's this a fu- little engine explosion. Well, it wasn't massive; like the whole wing flew off. But there, you know, it, it, it's like something happened. So wait, you're on a plane, and you see flames coming out of the engine. Yeah, coming out the back of the Holy engine. Shit. All right, so so I I I uh, I do that thing where um you know you reach up and you um, <laughs> you turn on the light bulb. I no, I, I hit the the little stewardess thing. Oh. Ding. I thought maybe you were going to turn the little air. You didn't thing. just scream. You were, you were, well, I'm calm. I'm a calm, thought, cool collector. Was I mean, there was there like a gargoyle type of monster thing that's out on the floor? <laughs> what movie like, was that, Rob? Twilight Zone, the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. It was. It wasn't a gargoyle. It was a gremlin. A gremlin. Sorry, sorry excuse me. You, you, you know, it's gargoyle. It's just sitting there, frozen on the wing right. and stone. Right. But that was in a storm at night. This was a nice, calm, you know, evening with good light and everything. Um, so the stewardess comes over, and I'm like, um, uh, look, look out, the, 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 wing's, the wing's on fire. <laughs> and she goes, oh, um, yeah, okay, well, I'll, I'll let the pilot know. Can you please lower your shades, sir? We're about to start the in-flight movie. <laughs> Were they showing Twilight Zone the movie? Exactly. (laughs) Snakes on a plane. Exactly. So uh, Uh, the in-flight entertainment's going to be wing on fire tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. So so uh, what do you what what do you mean? Right? She's like, just calm down, sir. You know, uh, I'll go. I'll go. Let. I'm sure they're aware of this, but I'll I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Let them know. I'm a little amped up, but. you know, I have no control of the situation, and everyone else seems to just be like, just their 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 shades are down. Yeah, you know, they're and they're, they're looking at you like, why are you making noise? They're man? sipping their cocktails. They're they're you know they're getting they're waiting for their their meal to get served. Uh, you know, and uh, this must have been a while ago that they were serving meals. <laughs> it was a nice long flight. It was comfortable. Okay, did this really happen? Well, I mean, I mean, it's a it's a good allegory. <laughs> All right, so where are you going with this? Well, well, like, okay, I I feel like I'm 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 on this plane. I'm on, I'm on a journey with everybody else on the planet, and I'm I'm looking out and I'm seeing freaking wings on fire, <laughs> and everybody else has got the shades down and is like is like drinking booze and watching watching a stupid movie, and no one in authority is even like. Seriously handling the situation. Yeah, they're just trying to placate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got a problem with stupid movies? Huh? No. You wanna you wanna throw down? <laughs> but I mean, I mean, yeah, you can drive you nuts, right? Yeah. Well, it can drive you so nuts that you'll put on a Santa Claus suit and protest uh, at Exxon on Christmas Eve, right? I, I feel for the guy. I can totally relate to Ken. Well, yeah, let's talk about who that was. Yeah. This, this guy's name is Ken Ward. He's got a friend that uh, lives here where we are in Corvallis named Leonard Higgins. 
So Leonard Higgins and Ken Ward, they, they're uh, what you would call valve turners. They, mm-hmm. uh, they, they got together with some others and colluded and decided, we got to do something about climate change. They're, they're like you on the plane with yeah. the wing on fire. They're like, no one's doing something. Fuck it, let's do something. So they got together and they uh, coordinated an event where they shut down the pipelines that were delivering tar sands uh, oil to the United States from Canada and a, a really incredible, that's uh, ballsy. Yeah. It's yeah. A, you know, and it, it, uh, clearly a criminal action. You got to trespass. You got to shut these valves down. Yeah. And this is uh, before or after he was at the gas station on Christmas Eve. Uh, I think it was after, but I don't, yeah, yeah I don't it was, actually, it was. Okay. Th- yeah. Th- this sort of pre, pre-staged him getting together with these people and, right. and doing something more. Sort of realized I, I got to, I got to do something more organized, yeah. maybe bigger scale. Well, and, mm-hmm. and Ken, for his uh, uh, adult life, was a—he's been a, an activist all along. You know, an environmentalist. A hey, we got to do something about these issues. Yeah, yeah. And he's done it as a you know totally legitimate non-profiteer. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you were saying, Jason, as a professional conservation biologist, what what's the difference? What am I doing? Right. And he just has gotten more and more into it over time uh, to where he's done a lot more radical things. And there was actually a movie that was made uh, about him yeah. called The Reluctant Radical. Yeah. And the, the, the chronicles uh, his, you know, That's a great his, his reluctance uh, all the <laughs> way through this from, you know, uh, Santa suits to, to actually, um, you know, getting arrested. Well, uh, you know, I, I found, you know... I found the part of the movie very compelling when he goes to the psychiatrist. Remember that? Yeah. What, what, what do they do to him? So the, <laughs> the, he, he's actually wondering. He's like you on the plane. He's, he's wondering, why isn't anyone else worried about this? Why right. aren't we raising alarms? Why aren't we questioning? What are we, why, why can't we get this climate change issue the, the attention that it needs? And so because nobody else is with him, he's starting to think, well, what am I? Am I nuts? So he goes to see a psychiatrist, (laughs) and the psychiatrist asks him this very blunt question, like, when you tell people how you're feeling and what your your concerns are, what do they do? And and Ken answers, well, they kind of say, yeah, maybe that's something, and then they go about their lives. And the psychiatrist comes back with, well, when everybody else thinks one way and you're the one who thinks differently, that probably means you got a problem. (laughs) Right. Right. You're wrong, Ken. Yeah. So uh, let me get you to get on this lithium for a while. Right. Right. So Ken's kind of like, yeah, I don't, I think I'm right, but all right. Yeah. Pull down the shade. Don't look at the wing on fire and, and, and order a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's all self medicate. So this problem, won't go away, but we won't be aware That's of it. That's right. right. Well, like a battery in a Tesla car, he gets loaded up with lithium. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and he uh, Does he catch on fire? Well, he probably would. Well, he, he didn't like it. He realized his, like, emotionally, he was tamped down. Uh, he just, he, he didn't like the way he thought. He didn't like his life. And he, he went back to the psychiatrist and said, I, I'm getting off the lithium. And, uh, and kind of, you know, really sat and thought about. It. I mean, he actually went the the medical route and yeah. tried it, but he really sat and thought and said, "No, I, I'm right. We need to address climate change." 
and people aren't doing what what needs to be done. So, you know, he, he really explored, am I crazy or is what's going on out here crazy? But, you know, it's it's that's pretty remarkable because I would say most people, right, they they've already got the the shade down on the window, right? right. And uh and if they get an inkling, you know, that the that the engine just caught on fire, they're going to they're going to maybe say something, but if other people are not concerned, I mean, they've done these sociological right. studies exactly. of people where like right. you show them two lines and one's clearly longer than the other, right? Yeah. But if you put them with other people who are all like, no, that shorter line, that one's longer, right. the they're actors. the same size, yeah. Yeah. you know, then you're going to be like, like, fuck, I guess they're right. Yeah, they're yeah. the same size. You yeah, know? And, like, yeah. So it's, it, it's understandable where most people will be like, well, nobody else seems to be freaking out about the, the engine having caught on fire, so I'm just going to Oh, that's the problem. it's all okay. You know, we're social creatures, and if we don't get – we don't get social reinforcement for our version of reality, then we we feel nuts. And so often in order to resolve that, we then will go along with the social norm. Even if maybe deep down you know, God, there's something wrong about this. And I think this is creating a tremendous problems. And there's people that are anxious and upset and they can't talk about real things. So in order for society to become sane again and in order for the individuals who are aware who are looking at the fires to feel sane we have to have like honest conversations about this stuff yeah Yeah. well that's why i wanted to be here i wanted to have those kind of conversations with you guys and laugh too because i can't i can't look at that fire and not feel completely messed up about it uh and so you know it's a way like i i want to Talk about these issues, and I want to, uh, but I want to laugh so that I don't cry. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a laughter is a great way to process this and emotionally cope with this stuff. So, well, and mostly I think just to not feel alone. Uh, we're lucky we get to we get to interact with people. Uh, not only in my case, people that are smarter than me, but also people that like have a shared sense of what reality is and uh, and can commiserate about how fucking nuts everything is. <laughs> and, and in the movie, Ken starts going on these, these like, he gets arrested, like, uh, uh, railroad, you know, they sit on railroad tracks where, like, coal's uh, going to come through. Yeah, stopping and stuff. a coal train. Yeah, yeah, and these kind of things. And he gets arrested, and he's gleeful because he's getting arrested with, like, 50 other people. And they're going to the cell together. And he's getting out, and he's all grinning. And he's just like, well, this is, this is great because I know I'm not alone in this. And, yeah. and so... Yeah, so that was a, that was important. quite a transformation because in the Santa Claus suit yeah, he, he was alone. alone. He was and, alone. And when they when the police show up, they're like, "Well, you can either stay here and keep doing this, or you can leave. But if you stay, we're going to arrest you." And he, he's like, "Yeah, uh, I think I'll just get arrested." You know, <laughs> he actually makes that like that's yeah. to me that's even that's way gutsier than than doing these bigger things when you have others along for that same reason, we're social creatures. Right. And, uh, yeah, truly amazing. But it, it makes you question, uh, yourself, you know, am yeah. I, am I nuts? Why is nobody else talking about this? Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, this, this podcast not only will help us feel a little nuts, less nuts ourselves, you know, but, but others listening, think that there is something, and we've heard this from a lot of people. There is something, refreshing and um, uh, kind of a, a release when a you catharsis. actually can 
can accept these things, you know, yeah. like it's sort of the first step to say, okay, this stuff is real. And we're so scared of acknowledging the reality of what's out there, but there is something cathartic about recognizing it, but it's really hard to expect people to do it alone. I mean, Ken is, I would say a rare, a yeah. rare bird. Yeah. Know? We're all living in crazy town. We just got to figure out together how to navigate it. Yeah. That's right. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's our show. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to the podcast. And while you're at it, rate or review it at iTunes. That really helps get in front of more people. To learn more, visit postcarbon.org slash crazy town. And if you want to actually learn something instead of listening to us bozos, you should check out Post Carbon Institute's Think Resilience course. It's four hours, 20 bucks, and will seriously change the way you see the world. Catch you next time on the mean streets at Crazy Town.